many of you have ever um, uh, thought to yourself that there's more than what you're currently experiencing, that God's got more for you, that, um, uh, that what you have is good. I mean, you know, let's be thankful for what, what God has given us, but that there is more in this life than I'm currently um, experiencing. Uh, some of you might be thinking, I say that, you might think, oh, gosh, I don't want any more of what I've currently got anymore will kill me. Uh, I, I, I want to suggest to you tonight that God has... Uh, an inheritance for you, not to kill you. There is an inheritance of good. Um, that no matter what your current experience is, that somewhere in your current experience you'll find some good and that God has more of that uh, in store for you. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is, is I'm, we're going to take a, um, a lesson from Psalm 16 where we see David. Now, David's a really uh, in, uh, important figure in terms of uh, the nation of Israel. David was the king. You might have heard of King David. Everyone's heard of David and Goliath. Um, there was David and Bathsheba, of course, in a, a more infamous moment of his, of his life. Uh, and Jesus himself is known as the son of David. So David is, is a pivotal person in the Old Testament, in the whole uh, lineage or the whole story of the nation of Israel. David was one of their most powerful, arguably their most powerful king. And under his rulership, the nation grew. God had more for them than they had at the beginning of, of David's um, uh, leadership of the nation of Israel. And, and in Psalm 16, we see a pathway um, where David moves from a very human experience of, God help me, I'm in trouble, right? Uh, he's seeking refuge. Things aren't going so well. And he finishes up in a place where he talks about a large inheritance, a wide open place. And it's interesting as you look at it, at what goes on in his heart from the place of I'm under attack to the place of I've got a huge future and I'm in a very pleasant place. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to track that journey through verse by verse. Uh, you might like to take some notes because it's very interesting to see how God takes um, David from a place of defeat to a place of incredible inheritance. Call this the pathway of more. And uh, we're just going to read this verse by verse and see what we pick up along the way. And I just reckon along the way, you might find a couple of things you might want to lot, you'll probably want to jot down because um, David's experience is your experience, right? The, this is every one of ours' experience, not just David's. And, and I think you'll be able to identify, I hope you'll be able to identify with, with what he's saying. So let's just go Psalm 16, verse 1. It says, Keep me safe, O God. For I've come to you for refuge. So he's seeking asylum from God, if you will. Uh, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. Uh, life has some tough stuff associated uh, with us, with it. And uh, I guess the pain and suffering, it's just, just it's, it's the real side of life. Uh, there are seasons of pain and suffering. And if you haven't had a season of pain and suffering, then you will experience a, pain, a season of pain and suffering. And uh, if you are experiencing a season, a season of pain and suffering, great. Listen up, lean in, because uh, what you're about to learn will take you from that place to a place of plenty. He says, God Things stink. <laughs> God, get me out of here. God, I'm in trouble. God, people are about to take me out. But then he says this, listen. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have 
comes from you. There is a heart of gratitude that even in his time of persecution, even in the difficult moment, he can recognize there is good in my life and the good stuff has been placed there by God. And and tonight, I, I want you to know that there is incredible good in your life. There's a whole bunch of good that's going down right now in your life. And I can just point to a couple of them. I don't even know your circumstance, but I'll give you one or two. How about the very fact that you live here in Australia? <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, maybe you'd like to live in Lebanon or maybe you'd like to live in Syria. I don't know. How many are happy they live here? <laughs> um, how about the fact that you live in the 21st century? <laughs> uh, this is an incredible time to be alive, folks. Um, from a, uh, from a, 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 an economical point of view, we are the richest we've ever been. You're living in the first or the second richest nation in the world at the richest point in world history. Um, people look at what we, people, if you could t- get someone from a time machine 100 years and see what we have today, we, we take for granted, they would be flabbergasted. They would be blown away. And you had no choice in the fact that you had the opportunity to live here and now. This is a gift to you. This is grace to you. You could have been born in the mountains of Tibet in the 1500s and spent all your day fetching water from a well. But no, you were born here. You live in this great nation. You can get education. You can get a job. You can get takeaway food. You can get a mobile phone. You can get all kinds of stuff that much of the world looks on and we take fresh water as if we turn on the tap and it's not flowing. What on earth is going on in the world, right? I mean, you know, we got the NBN at our house and this afternoon it, it tuned out for, for five minutes and, you know, I mean, it was frustrating, man. <laughs> What's going on, you know? I wanted to ring Mr. Telstra and give him a piece of my mind. I can't get internet for five minutes. My world is falling apart. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we start to take the incredible blessing and opportunity that we have for granted. Uh, you might say, yeah, but you know, um, uh, I work hard. Who gave you the opportunity to work hard? You might say, well, I, you know, I, I've learned and I've used my brains. Who gave you those brains? The very fact that you're here tonight listening to this and learning something from one of the most significant historical figures ever to ever live, even within itself, is grace. You might say, well, I decided to come. Who gave you the faith to be here? Who gave us the opportunity to exist in a place like this? Every good thing comes from God. And everybody said, yeah. David was in a tough spot. But he recognized he had a debt of gratitude to God. This is so important. Listen, it's so important to live with a debt of gratitude. Um, Justin mentioned before that, of course, Anzac Day was on Wednesday. And Wednesday, quite early in the morning, we got up and we, we went out um, uh, to, a, uh, to a memorial service at Mount Alfred, right? And, uh, and Francine placed a wreath uh, on the, uh, the memorial stone out there. Her grandfather's name is on there. And... Uh, uh, there was, you know, a hundred or so people gathering around for this this memorial service, uh, and of course, you know, they went on all over the nation. and And how many know when you have a spirit of gratitude that that gives way to honour, and we're honouring men 
uh, and women who have sacrificed, and many of them gave the ultimate sacrifice, their life, for a thing that many, unfortunately, today take for granted, a thing called freedom, <laughs> uh, a thing that allows us to pretty much decide what we want to do, when we want to do it, and how we want to do it. We live in a free society. You can think what you'd like to think. You can vote for whoever you want to vote for. You can, uh, you can pretty much apply for any kind of uh, career that you, want to, that you want to pursue. We live in a free world. And it's something that many people take for granted. We must never take it for granted. Freedom always costs blood, folks. Freedom always costs blood. Make no mistake about it. And Anzac Day is just a great time to remember that. It's a great time to remember people who have fallen. Right? People have given their lives so that you and I might live in freedom. Now, there's an opposite to gratitude. I need you to understand this. Gratitude that gives way to honor. The opposite to gratitude that gives way to honor is entitlement. And entitlement gives way to resentment. Right? Uh, when you start feeling entitled, right? I demand this and I should have that. And why won't the world give itself to making me happy? You know? and, and where is this? And why haven't I got this? And, and, and the minute you think you're entitled to have something or your entitlements uh, of this world belong to you, it's not long after that that you finish up being resentful about certain people and certain things in your life. And you can even get resentful towards God. I, I want to suggest that entitlement resentment is another way for the highway to hell, Right? That's how important choosing gratitude is. We choose gratitude that gives way to honor or we wind up with entitlement that gives way to resentment. Resentment of our parents, resentment of our boss, resentment of uh, the people resent the church, people resent God, people resent the pastor, uh, you know, people resent their youth leader, people, people resent their, their school teacher, people resent uh, the government, people resent all kinds of individuals and institutions because they didn't get their entitlements. That's why it's so important to maintain a spirit of gratitude. And even when David's saying, God, help me, God, I'm in difficult times, I'm in trouble, he recognizes there's good. And that good comes from God. And Paul took it a step further. He said, God takes everything and works it together for good. He doesn't say everything. It's every, not everything in your life is good, okay? There's been bad things that have happened to everybody in this room, no doubt of that. No doubt in this sin-filled, uh, fallen world we live in, there's no doubt bad things happen, right? You've had bad things happen to you. I've had bad things happen to me. We've all had bad things happen to us. But, if you keep your focus and trust in God, he takes all those things in, he can actually work them together for good, right? He can take things that aren't good and mix it into a whole pile of dough, if you will. It's like the ingredients of a cake, if you will. Not everything that goes into a cake is good. If you don't believe me, go home, get a handful of flour and try and chew it and eat it, right? It's not good. It doesn't go down well. You don't digest it well. But you put it into the mix and with the eggs and the milk and everything else and you stir it up and you put it in, into the fire for a little while, you pull it out, mm, melts in your mouth the beautiful cake. Not everything is good, but God has the ability to mix it all in for good. And that is a spirit of humility, right? A, a humble heart can, can maintain a spirit of gratitude. Uh, recognizing, hey, oh, I'm not entitled. I I'm just, just thankful to God. He goes on and says this. Listen to this. It gets really interesting now. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. He starts off 
with a spirit of gratitude towards God. I see good, I'm thankful for it, but listen to what he says next. He says, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. And then he says, I take pleasure in them. <laughs> I take pleasure in them. Do you take pleasure in people or the people who annoy you? Uh, <laughs> What, 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 what is it? Which way are you more likely to go? You know, do you do you take pleasure in being with people, or do people get on your nerves? You kind of wish, I wish they'd just shut up and go. You know, but but David here said, I'm thankful to God for the good, but the good people, the righteous people in my life, I count them as heroes. Now, what's so remarkable about that is that most of us want to be our own heroes but David recognized the righteous people in the world and he elevated them to the status of heroes in his own life now you don't have to talk with people long and I don't know what kind of conversations you get involved with um, uh, but I, I, you can you know you sit down with someone and you sort of you know you get over the pleasantries and the, you sort of break down through the you know uh, just the niceties of life and, and then they start to whinge then they start to complain. They start to complain about this person. Or they start to complain about that person. Or they start to whinge about a family member, their spouse, or whatever it might happen uh, to be. And, and what's going on is this. I'll just let you in into a secret. When people start complaining, you know what they're doing? They're lifting themselves up. Because if I can push you down, I can make myself feel better about myself. I love it, you know, when someone you know, comes to me and says, oh, you know, I can't stand it when Tim preaches. I only love it when you preach. It makes me feel really good, you know. And we gossip about Tim and how bad he is. And, and, and we put him down. I lift me up. I feel good about myself, right? And, and that's what goes on. Whenever we gossip, whenever we, we talk badly about another person, what we're actually doing is trying to lift ourselves up. And I'm trying to feel better about myself. And so I'll get together with all my mates and we'll, we'll tell stories about how stupid this person is or, or how whatever that person is and, and, and we push them down and as we push them down, we'll feel better about ourselves. That's why it takes humility to do this but also takes faith. You see, uh, what, what David is doing here, because everyone has flaws, right? And, and David could have seen the flaws in the hero because David was a hero himself, David was, the, David was the king of the, of the nation. David was the hero of heroes. They sang about him. They sang, David has killed their 10,000s. So there wasn't a hero in Israel, arguably more heroic than David. Uh, David was a skillful military fighter. He was, uh, uh, he was obviously uh, incredibly powerful. And yet David had this ability. And, and if you can get this in your head, I actually believe this can open up pathways. This can open up the world to you. David could see the DNA of God in other people and call it out. See, that's what that means, to make righteous my hero, to make the righteous my heroes. I can see the God thing in you and I can call it out. I see the God thing in John and I can call it out. You know? I can see the God thing in Peter and I can call it out. I can see the God thing in Lynn and I can call it out. You see, anybody can see the sin thing, right? Because how many know there's a sin thing in John? There's a thing, sin thing in Peter? Probably not in Lynn, but, but you know, there's pretty much a, a sin aspect to all of us. There is a frailty to all of us. And, and anybody can see that. You know, everybody can see the, the, you know, the speck in, what is it, in everybody else's eye, Mr. Log in their own or whatever. 
Uh, it's easy to get around and go, oh, you know, talk about this organization and that group and how bad the government is and how bad that church is and how bad that organization is. And it's easy to do that because after all, you have such a shining, incredible reputation yourself. <laughs> but what David could do, remember we're talking about a pathway, right? From over here, I'm under attack. Over here, things are bad. To over here, incredible um, future, great uh, uh, inheritance, there was a spirit of gratitude. I can see the good. I'm thankful, thankful to God. But I have the ability to see the DNA of God in other people. And instead of speaking to the flesh in them, right? We have a treasure in earthen vessels. And uh, I don't know if you're a Christian here tonight. Maybe you're not a Christian. I, I can tell you there is, a, there is a God aspect to you. God has woven something into your life. God has an inheritance for you. God has a future for you. And, 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 to, and tonight, you, you can get around people who can spot that and call it out. People who can see that potential. Um, Paul put it like this in, in, in Ephesians 2.10. He says this, we are God's masterpiece. I am a masterpiece of God. Yeah, yeah everyone said amen. And uh, the problem is, I'm not a finished masterpiece. The problem is, I'm still on the easel, as it were. God's still painting. He's still, he's still adding to it, right? And so what you see isn't the finished masterpiece. And so you can mock what it is. And you can say, well, look, you know, look how lanky his legs are. Or, you know what I mean? Look, look at this, look at that problem and look at that problem. You can do that, right? Or you can see what God has already finished. And you can say, that's, that's incredible. And you can call out what God is already doing. It takes faith, you see? And you are a masterpiece. There is a masterpiece in you of God. And the question really is, can you see it? And can someone call it out in your world? David had this ability to see the treasure, to see that the divine design, if you will, in, in the lives of the people around about him, in the righteous, and he, he, made them, he made them his heroes. He called it out. He called out their divine design. You can either call out their divine design or you can call out their sin-filled nature, folks. It's up to you. Both are there. Both are there. How many know that there's two dogs in this fight? There's the divine design versus sin-filled nature fighting in my life. There's the divine design versus the sin-filled nature fighting in your life. And you know it because you've heard the voice. You know, don't do that. Yeah, go on, do it. No, don't do that. Yeah, go on, do it. You felt the, the angst of jealousy when someone else has got what you were hoping to get, haven't you, right? You felt the pain when someone else has been elevated and you've been overlooked. You felt the pain of that. And you know that sin-filled nature. You know there's something in you that's not right you know that you know you you know that you can't even keep your own commandments forget about God's <laughs> really I mean we, we, we all know where the bar is everybody knows what and and we try to hide it you know what I mean we try not to let others know when we say well we're not as bad as others but the, but the truth is there are two dogs in the fight which dog's going to win the divine design or the sin-filled nature who's going to win and the answer of course is the one you feed the most so start feeding the divine design. And here's just a thought. Feed the divine design other people. <laughs> uh, let, the, let the God fact win in them. Let the God factor win in your family. Let the God factor win in your children. Let the God factor win in your parents. You can point out their flaws. You can point out where they've gone wrong. You can point out all their issues. And I'm not saying there's not a time for working stuff through because clearly there is. But the point is, you can spend all your life looking at the flaws of everybody else around you or you can call out the divine design. 
If you're over here and you're the world, your world's getting smaller, your, your, your experience is getting tinier, I can tell you what's going on, folks. All right, you're, you're getting an entitlement spirit. Well, how come, why, why isn't this working? And I, I should have this and I should have that. And then you start getting this. And I've made the people around about me my, uh, my enemies. And he's stupid and she's useless and he's hopeless and he's no good. And, 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 and see, you see the pathway? David's re- reversed his pathway. Even though he's in a bad spot, he says he sees good and thanks God for it, number one. Number two, he sees people and he calls out their divine design. How many know that's, that takes faith? How many know that, that this, is, this actually takes a, this is not a thermo, um, this is not a, a just, you are becoming a, um, a thermostat, not a thermometer, right? You're just not reading the thing. You are setting the agenda here. You are, there, there is a fair bit of, of proactivity going on here. Uh, he goes on and he says this, troubles multiply, this is really good. You've got to listen to this. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will, not pay, I will not take part in the sacrifice of blood or even speak the names of their gods. So you've you got to watch the pathway that's going on here. It starts off, I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful, God. I see God in you. I see God in you. I see God in you. And now he's ended up, and you've got to get this, he ends up in a place where there are certain conversations that he will not partake of. Did you see that? He says, I'm not even getting involved in that conversation. I'm not lower. There are certain, here's the thing. There are certain conversations that are beneath you, church. There are certain conversations that are beneath you. Why don't you turn your back and leave them? Why don't you send a message? See, the... the, um, uh, one of the greatest analogies in the Bible of your Mai's experience with God is the children of Israel. Uh, they're in Egypt, that captivity. That's a type of sin, yeah? That, that's a type of, you know, I'm, in, I'm a slave. And then this blood of the lamb is shed. We've had communion a moment ago. The blood of the lamb is shed and I get out of, uh, of slavery. Uh, and then I wander in the wilderness for 40 years before I come into the promised land. How many know that journey could have taken three days? Um, four days, less than a week. You can actually work from, walk from Egypt to Palestine. You can walk it in, just, in less than a week. It took them 40 years to travel the distance of less than a week's walk. Why? Why did, those, why did they have to take 40 years to traverse the land that could have been walked in a matter of days? And of course, the answer was, God was developing them on the inside. And one of the things God had to do was there was a nation of whinges, right? They complained about everything. They complained about Moses. They complained about, you know, God's feeding them. They complained about the lack of water. They complained about the sanitary conditions. They complained about the sleeping conditions. They complained about the air conditioning, you know. They complained that the drummer was too loud. They complained about everything. And you know, God, you know what happened to them, don't you? That generation died in the wilderness. <laughs> How many know there are certain conversations that are beneath you? And, and, and you need to wise up. You think, oh, no one's listening. No one knows. No one. I've got to tell you, it's not about what anybody hears. It's not about what anyone knows. It's about what's on the inside of you. And, and, and David is saying here, there are certain conversations 
because of who I am that I'm not entering into. And I want, I want to encourage you, you know, even if you're married and, and you know, you're, you're just in the, in, in the pillow talk, there's, watch your mouth. Certain conversation, and I'm, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, like vile, uh, disgusting conversations. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking necessarily about deceptive conversations. Those kind of things go, you know, if they're rude and that sort of stuff. That kind of, that kind of stuff almost goes unsaid, I imagine. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm just, just saying that there are certain conversations and, and you need to be smart enough to know when to leave and when to stay. You need to be smart enough to know, huh? I'm not involved in this conversation. Because we are self-fulfilling prophecies, just quietly. You're a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm a self-fulfilling prophecy. And just be careful about what comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth is affecting your future. What comes out of your mouth is opening up a way for you or it's closing down a way for you. Even though, folks, even though nobody knows, even though no one can hear it, I've got to tell you, you're hearing it and God's hearing it and it's closing down your tomorrows. It's closing down your future. It's closing down your opportunities. It's undermining your inheritance because you are getting involved in conversations that are beneath you. He said here, there are certain conversations, I'm not getting involved with them, sorry. You want to gossip about that? You want to talk about that person? You, you, want, you want to go, oh, wow, and he did what? And how did that happen? And oh, who started it? And, and where did that go? I want all the gory details. I want to, I'm going to tell you, folks, that is low speech. Don't go there. There's something salacious. There's something just, you know, base and common about it. We, 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 don't, we don't need to go there. Don't hang out with the people that do either. Just by the way, turn your back and walk away and let them learn. I don't get involved in that. Have you, have you heard about? Have you heard about? I want to be the last person to hear about the bad story about so-and-so. I don't want to hear about it because we, 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 we want to believe the best in people, right? And, and, and we want to enter into our inheritance. So what have we learned thus far? David's in a bad spot. How do you get out of a bad spot? Number one, identify what's good and be thankful to God for it. Number two, see the God DNA in other people and call it out. Start to make people around you and lift them up. You get, you get out of your bad spot by lifting others up. So David's lifting up others. So I'm making the righteous my heroes. I'm making others uh, bigger and greater than what they really are. I'm making heroes out of people and I'm the king. And there are certain conversations. I'm sorry. I'm not entering into that. That's not my thing. Now let's see what happens here. It goes on. It says this. Listen, this is powerful. It says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. You see, there, there, there's a transition starting to take place here. The land you have given me is a pleasant land, a wonderful inheritance. You know, I said before, this is important, the children of Israel is, a, is, a, is a, an analogy, it's a type, if you will, of us in our journey. How many know when they enter into the promised land, they don't get it all at once? How many know when they enter into the promised land, right, it takes years before they get all that God has got for them? They take Jericho, but God has got more. They take Ai, but God has got more. They start taking the land and God has got more. It takes a while for them to get all that God has got for them. Have you ever heard of a person who wins the lottery? Have you ever heard of a person who... Um, who gets a big contract playing for the Broncos or something, right? And he's 20. And now he's on like, you know, half a million dollars a year or something. And next thing you know, he's in a nightclub. The next thing you know, he's getting arrested. The next thing you know, his life falls apart. 
Why is that? Because the pressure on the outside is greater than the pressure on the inside, right? Uh, you see people, they win a lotto and their life falls apart because now what's on the outside is greater than what's on the inside. Listen to this here. There are people in this room, God can't bless you because what he wants to bless you with is greater than what's on the inside. And so he can't give it to you because it will destroy you. Because if the pressure of the blessing is greater than your capacity to deal with it on the inside, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crash you. It's going to wreck you. And, and so does God want to wreck you? Of course he doesn't. So what does he do? He withholds blessing. And I, I want to suggest there are people in this room and blessing is being withheld from your life because the pressure of the blessing is, would be greater on the, than, the, than the pressure on the inside. How many know you can't drive an F1 with a broken finger? Right? You might be able to drive your you know, 2000 um, Camry home with a broken finger, <laughs> but they're not going to put you on an F1 circuit because put you on an F1 circuit and there's pressure. And you might be able to go on a straight line. You might even be able to turn. But when you get into a passing maneuver, or when something goes wrong, your finger will not cope with the pressure and you'll crash and, and something bad could happen. I, I, what I'm saying is this, a very small crack in your life is exposed by the increase of blessing. Just just a slither of character issue. And God's got this blessing, so I want to bless you, but I can't. Because if I put this blessing on you, I'm going to expose the crack. And that's going to break you, so he won't bless you. And that becomes an issue. And the thing about David, the, the, the thing I love about David is that at one point, right, he looked after sheep in the backside of the desert, but he did it with all his heart. And, and, and a line came, and he had to put him, the decision was, what do I do here? Do I defend my sheep by getting in the way of the lion, or do I just say, oh, it's just a few sheep. The dad's got hundreds of them. Who cares? Have a few sheep. I'm out of here. Dad will be more concerned the fact that I'm alive than, than you know, a few sheep, and, and how many sheep can the lion take anyhow, right? I've got a whole flock of sheep here. Maybe, let's say, there's 100 sheep, you know, and the lion comes and takes two or three, and I get the rest and save the rest. Surely Dad's going to be happy with that. But what does David do? He puts himself between the lion and the sheep, and he lets the lion take no sheep. What's going on here? David is developing. Yeah, David's not the king, no one's watching, but David's character is being developed. And, and, and the, the time of the anointing of him as the king of Israel, then the time for him to take up his position upon the throne, it's all coming down the, down the tube. It's all coming down the line, right? It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to arrive. But when it arrives, David's going to have pressure on the inside so that the job doesn't change who he is. So that it doesn't pull him apart. It doesn't destroy him. Because you take a position of authority, you take a position of power, you take a position of blessing, and I've got to tell you, my goodness, people are after you, people start to pull you down, the, the world starts to be a very vicious and dangerous place. And unless you have personal strength, unless you are strong on the inside, you'll, you'll be crushed. So here's the thing. Whatever opportunity you get right now, grab it with both hands, right? Get up early. Get a job. <laughs> if you don't have a job, stop saying to yourself, well, I don't want that job. I don't want that job. But get, get the, just get a job. <laughs> just get in the game. 
The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, right? But you've got to get those steps. You've got to get something happening. You've got to get part of the deal. Too many people, you know, well, I just wait till, you know, I just wait till the thing, I'll just wait till the throne comes along. I'm not going to get, I don't want to destroy myself for a bunch of sheep. God's called me to be king. I'll wait till the throne becomes vacant. Then I might, you know, just, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wear myself out. No, 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 no. David had this thing that no matter what opportunity came his way, he took it with all his heart, he took it with all his might. He, he, he just didn't just go, oh, well, whatever, you know, that's, I don't want to waste my time with a few sheep, no. No, that was not his heart, that was not his mind. God weighs your actions. God weighs your prayers. God weighs your thoughts to see what you're like on the inside. Because you can tell what a person's made of by the way they pray. You can tell what a person's made of by the way they act, by the way they speak when no one's watching. God listens. And from there, he makes up his mind. He goes, you know, that person is at this level. One of the, the reasons, of course, we pray is that we can exchange our brokenness for his wholeness. One of the reasons why we pray, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So yeah, we, we, we are disappointed. Yeah, we're hurt. Yeah, we're let down. Yeah, sure, well, that's, that's true. But we bring it to God and he gives us rest. He gives us peace. So I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, in any way, oh, well, you're not good enough for God to use. What I'm saying is you bring your brokenness to God and God gives you his wholeness and then his wholeness he can bless. That's the whole idea of prayer. The whole idea of prayer is not for you to twist God's arm and get God to do your bidding for you. The whole idea of prayer is that you come into the presence of God and there's this exchange that takes place. Your brokenness for His wholeness, your pain uh, for His, His joy. And this, this transference goes on in prayer. And the reason why it's so important for it to go on in prayer, the reason why God wants the transference to take place in the first instance is so that you can be strong, whole, mighty, powerful on the inside. Why? So then God can bless you. So then God can give you more. Imagine a world. Imagine a world with increased options. Imagine a world where you had incredible choices that you could make. You could just choose between great, better, good and fantastic. You had these options. You weren't constrained in your um, uh, in your capacity to move forward. But you had everything that it take to, to fulfill that desire and meet that expectation. Your influence is growing. Imagine the world was full of just fantastic people just great people man all the best people that that you needed you couldn't help but have a speech soaked in positivity could you because after all you have all these options all these great people no wonder you speak so well about life what i'm suggesting to you is that there's a cause and effect here i'm not quite sure that the cause of that speech is just the fact that that is your experience. What I'm saying is that the cause is that your experience can be caused by you choosing to live like this. This walk of faith, this pathway of more, that God is more for you. But he's, he's very, very careful. He's very careful because he doesn't want to put more upon you and destroy you. 
Let's just stand together. I'm going to pray. Lord, I uh, know there are people in this room tonight who um, who sense a call for more. Maybe they currently got a job, but they're very, very dissatisfied in their job. sense that there's more for them than their current employment affords them. Father God, I just pray you bless those people. Just wait heads are bent and eyes are closed. If you've currently got a job, but you say, you know something, I think God's got more for me than my current employment affords me. If that's you, just lift a hand up and go, yeah, that's me. If that's you, just lift a hand up and say, yeah, that's me. Right, quickly just come at the front. We're going to pray for you. Just quickly just move from where you're standing. Come stand here. We're going to pray for you tonight in the name of Jesus. So we believe for more. There is more. There is more. There is more. Um, Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I I just, just, we can just keep our heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment. Because tonight, God wants to do a work in in your life. And uh, if you're in a situation right now where you're sort of like David, it's, it's a refuge cry out. You say, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. Uh, the circumstances of my life aren't good. If you identify with David in that in that sort of crisis, and tonight you say, "Hey, I," uh, and, and it might not be a job; it might be a, a family situation. Uh, it, it Maybe you have a child, and their relationship is broken. You have a parent; your relationship is broken. These are covenantal relationships, folks. Uh, or maybe there's relationships broken uh, in church life. Or, some other area and you just kind of feel that that pressure and you're in a bad place and you're not quite sure how to move forward if that's you just want you to step out and come and stand here at the front as well we want to pray for you and believe God for a breakthrough in your life tonight uh, in the name of Jesus just move out from where you're standing you just come and say yeah that's that's my situation I'm going to come and stand on the end here and that would be great that would be great we're just going to start, the musicians, the singers are there. Why don't you start to sing that song we were singing just before? Let's just start to quietly worship the Lord. And uh, you know, my pastoral team can just start to minister and just start to pray for those here at the front. And let's just believe God for, for a breakthrough. Let's believe God. For-